Hey, what's up? This is Bill Burr, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Um, keep listening, because if you're like me, you have nothing better to do. Hello there, I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's our old friend Andy Kindler. But I did go back and find out that Louis C.K. thing happened in, like, November. So I haven't had a chance to gloat in Montreal. <laughs> I went after Louis C.K. and mocked him just based on when, when there was nobody, you know, when this whole thing hadn't happened. Just based on my own bitter jealousy and envy. And now, who back the right horse? So it turns out Andy uh, performed with a friend of mine. Well, my friend uh, featured for Andy at a comedy club in Arizona. And uh, I asked Andy about this because something didn't sound right about the story. And this friend, by the way, has been on this very show. My friend Bob Gray was on uh, a couple of years ago promoting his movie Bigfoot. Uh, and he is also promoting a book about uh, the Melonheads, a legend up in uh, suburban Cleveland where we both grew up. But anyway, uh, so we'll have that coming up. Really interesting chat with Andy. Uh, also talks about the state of comedy and a bunch of other uh, neat stuff, as only Andy can, of course. Going to have the song of the week from Jewel Vera. And first, a dumb bit. So this isn't really a dumb bit, more of a dumb observation, and uh, it won't take very long. I just wanted to comment, though, as a Clevelander, former Clevelander, on the situation with LeBron James. LeBron, of course, uh, did what we expected and left Cleveland. People were unsure. I figured he was going to go to either New York or Los Angeles because post-basketball, he's gonna, probably going to have a big you know, entertainment career. He was in that movie, I guess, what was it, Trainwreck or something like that with Amy Schumer. So uh, obviously, you know, his, his sights are elsewhere. Uh, some people said Philadelphia. There, I think Houston was mentioned. They were trying to get him down to Houston. But uh, signed with the Los Angeles Lakers. Very nice. I always like the Lakers. I'm not mad at the Lakers. And uh, the, But the interesting thing this time around, I think I might have mentioned this before on the show a couple of uh, months ago. My wife's cousin posted something. Uh, back, oh, it was back at the beginning of the playoffs when the Cavs uh, started off terribly against the Indiana Pacers. It looked like they were going to get knocked right out of the playoffs in the first round. And my uh, wife's cousin said, you know what? No matter what happens, we can't be mad at LeBron. We got our championship. And, you know, no, don't go burning jerseys or doing anything like that when he leaves at the end of the season. And everybody agreed. Everyone was like, yeah. You know, there were some people that were a little, you know, just irritated about how the way, you know, pro basketball, pro sports works in general. That, you know, that guys like that can't stay in a market like Cleveland and they don't get the help they need to win championships and so But But it wasn't jersey burning or, you know, we hate LeBron and, you know, death to whatever team he goes to. Uh, people have been very accepting. People knew it was coming. And I think this time around, Cleveland handled it very maturely, unlike the last time, even though the last time it was a hideous way for him to announce he was leaving Cleveland, uh, didn't excuse some of the hideous behavior that the Cavs fans exhibited. And look, here's the bottom line. LeBron did what nobody else has done in my lifetime, period. Not my hero, Bernie Kosar uh, of the Cleveland Browns, uh, not Terry Francona and Mike Hargrove and all those great Indians teams, and not the Cavaliers teams of the 90s with Brad Dougherty and Mark Price and all of them, and even Bill Fitch. Cavaliers back in the 70s who were the first Cavaliers team to go to the playoffs. None of them could do what LeBron did, and and it, it was LeBron. I mean, yes, Kevin Love helped out, and Kyrie Irving sank that three, which was beautiful, and I think it's kind of an underrated part of the, the championship story. Everyone talks about the block. It's that three-pointer, and it's the block. But um, yeah, all those guys helped, certainly, but without LeBron, we don't have the only championship in Cleveland in my lifetime, period. So 
Now, I guess, uh, when, when he left last time, you know, our favorite basketball team was still the Cavaliers, of course, and anybody playing the Miami Heat. <laughs> but now, I think Clevelanders' uh, favorite basketball team is still the Cavaliers, and now the Los Angeles Lakers. So, that's that. Come on, Cavs. Gotta make it happen. Come on, Cavs. Gotta make it happen with your fast break action. Gotta make it happen. Just keep on coming on. Andy Kindler's a stand-up comedian who is, uh, he argues this, but he really is a comedian's comedian. He's going to deny it, uh, kind of, uh, at the end of this interview. But here now is our interview with Andy Kindler. Good, how, how you? Going? Good. How you been? Good, just running around like a crazy man. <laughs> I, I understand. Life good? Where are you living now? Still Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Yep. Very nice. Same old, same old. Um, right. Yeah, I understand. You were on deadline getting the, uh, I guess, the, the state of the uh, state of the industry address ready for Just for Laughs? Also, I was doing a thing where I was trying to get my TV set ready for Just for Laughs. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because I do TV, I've done some TV things there, which is kind of cool. But I can't repeat material. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so you know how that, can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, perfectly. So, uh, okay. a, a, any spoiler alerts? What kind of is the state of the industry these days? Well, the thing is, like, be last year, um, I think the Louis C.K. stuff happened after last year's speech. See, I'm, like every year, I'm running way behind, and uh, uh, of course, I'm dealing with a lot of the things in therapy of why I, why I constantly putting things off, waiting for the last minute. So uh, I should have done this already, but but I did go back and find out that Louis C.K.'s thing happened in like November. So I haven't had a chance to gloat in my PR <laughs> about how I was one of the first people. Uh, you know, I like you know. I went after Louis C.K. and mocked him just based on when, when there was nobody, you know, when this whole thing hadn't happened, just based on my own bitter jealousy and envy. <laughs> and now, and now, who backed the right horse? So <laughs> there you go. So I have a lot of stuff. I have a lot of stuff about that. Like, uh, you know, who's going to fund? Uh, I know everyone's worried about uh, who's going <laughs> to what's going to happen with Horace and Pete. <laughs> Do you know Iris and Pete? Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Um. yeah. And then the, uh, 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 probably, I've been doing this in the club, so I'll probably open with this thing where I say, uh, uh, I don't know if I want to really deal with the lines, but the line is talk about, talk about, uh, someone masturbating in front of you when you don't want them to. What about, what about Louis season three? <laughs> So it's not that kind of a thing. There you go. Um, well, speaking of, now here's a weird story for you. I was talking to my friend from high school, uh, Bob Gray. He's a bit of a BS artist, this guy. 
And uh, right. so he's asking me how my podcast is going, and I'm like, because he's interested in starting one of his own. I said, oh, great. And this must have been about a year ago because I just listed off who, would, who would recently had been on, and I mentioned your name, Andy Kindler, which is on this week's show. He goes, oh, oh, I opened for Andy Kindler in Phoenix. And I'm like, you did? He fancies himself a stand-up comic, too. Um, and I'm like, yeah. What's his, what's his initial thing? Bob Gray. Bob Gray is a, he goes by the same name on stage and off, and he uh, this story. Oh, he is, a, he is a comic. He is a comic, and allegedly, yeah. you were in Phoenix or Scottsdale or one of the some in the Phoenix area, and the club owner I called. I know where it was. Was that Howard? Is that club owned by a guy named Howard? I don't remember this guy's name. It was a club named uh, Howard Hughes. Okay. Well, my my. I mean, not like that name by Howard Hughes, but the guy who runs the club. Yeah. <laughs> well, His name is Howard Hughes, the, and he's a. Have you ever seen that show, uh, Bar Rescue, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was his his uh, club was um, Bar Rescued. So we have a little notoriety uh, going into his. There we go. Club. <laughs> well, so the whole thing sounded so, suspicious anyway. He said the, the club owner called him up and said, I need someone to feature for uh, Andy Kindler tonight. Can you do it? And he, he jumped out. He said, sure I can. And as the story goes, everybody hated you and loved him. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think this sounds true at all. <laughs> because Well, I'll tell you, though, that, that may absolutely be true. I mean, there was a guy who was there. I don't know if it was the same guy, but there was a guy who had gotten Nick's, you know, Nick Schwartz's number or something. Uh, and he had his phone. I don't know. If yes, yes, that. that's him. So that's that's I, Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he he had um. What's this? What's the guy? Uh, whose phone did he have? Um, number. Nick Schwartz. Nick Schwartz's. Yeah, yeah. That oh, was that was him. That guy was like coming up there, and he was hacking it up. Oh sure, yeah. So his story is absolutely true because he he, he that's he talked about Schwartz's phone. Yes, and then uh, the club stinks. <laughs> well, and his his other his other big opener was he's he's from he's from Cle- I'm not this guy was my, like one of my best friends in high school. So I don't mean to hammer on him, but just he's a bullshit artist, and you just have to understand that, and that's what's beautiful about him. But his opener was um, I'm from Cleveland, and people will cheer, and he goes, oh, uh, another refugee, which is uh, every comic from Cleveland has done that joke. So, except me, by the way. Wait a second now. Uh, but didn't he go to L.A.? Yeah, he's from a, he was like, from L.A. Well, this, it, this is the thing. Trying to make a deal out of it and everything? Well, yeah, yeah. He well, was very he, weird. Well, he was there uh, in L.A. when it happened. He'd gone back and forth between Cleveland and, and L.A., and um, he would post on Facebook to all of us back, back home that he was playing at the comedy store but neglecting to tell people that he was playing the room you have to pay to do. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. And he was definitely... He's a weird guy, that guy. Yeah, yeah, but, but you know, uh, he he did he did kill in a very hacky way. Sure, I'll, I'm I'm sure I've well, I've seen his his stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Letting, yeah. But the thing is, is that um, what's really weird about it is that he's actually done some cool stuff. He made a, an independent film about Bigfoot back in our hometown, which is actually pretty good considering how low budget it was. He uh, directs some, um, occasionally directs baseball games for ESPN. He mostly does camera work on the NBA games. So he's done some cool stuff. Why he thinks he needs to improve us with kind of like really stretching the way things are going is just beyond me. But I guess that's that's I guess that's all part of the charm. I guess maybe it's definitely the same guy, right? Yeah, I yeah. That guy was absolutely. I don't know. I, he, uh, he came off like an operator. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he came off like an operator. And anybody who'll be telling about how he, I couldn't follow him 
you know the kind of comedy they're doing. Exactly, yeah. yeah. What's really weird is that um, my dad had a friend that uh, he lived with after my parents got divorced who was exactly like this guy, and only my dad can really understand. It's like my dad's friend Wayne, but nobody else I can say, well, it's like kind of like I can't explain my friend Bob to anybody else but my dad because my dad had the exact same type of friend, who was, except he was a music bullshit artist and Bob's a comedy bullshit artist. That's, that's the only difference. So weird. Oh, it's so weird. It's like, uh, and that guy who runs that club, the Howard Hughes guy, he does comedy every single night. In his own club? In his own club. Oh, God. <clears throat> wow. I know Bud Freeman Bert. used to do, he would come, he'd MC sometimes. Because oh. Bud Freeman, he MC'd when they opened oh, the... Oh, the... yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Bud Freeman did, but it wasn't really... Yeah. If you call that... Oh well, yeah. You call that comedy? No, well, he yeah. would just basically introduce and do one or two two jokes because he wanted to, you know, uh, feel part of the. I don't know, but um, I actually I saw Bud Freeman when he opened the when they opened the club here in Cincinnati years ago. Uh, before it was, and I don't think it was the Funny Bone then, but it, be, it was the same room. Uh, but he came in, he came up and emceed the first show. So, oh, yeah. How about that? Cool. Yeah, I like it. So uh, I like it. It's- is Cincinnati, is that the one with Go Bananas? Yes. How's, the, how's that club doing? Bananas is doing okay. They brought a, a lot of the uh, local guys that have done good back, like Ryan Singer was uh, just here. Oh, that's cool. Adam. Uh, I, think I know Ryan Singer. He's very Yes, funny, right? Al- Alex Stone, who's now out in Los Angeles. He's hilarious. If you have a chance to catch Alex Stone, definitely Jeff Tate, who's based here. Did you say Alex Stone? Alex Stone. He's yeah. a he's a young young kid. Uh, he's super hilarious. Jeff Tate is still oh, based Tate. here, but Tate he goes out to Los Angeles a lot. So he, I think he moves in kind of the same circles you do, sort of, kind of. I think I know who he is. Yeah, yeah. Stone, right? A big stocky guy with a beard. He usually wears a jean. Yeah. jean I'm, but, yeah. I'm, you know, I've, I've been around now since uh, time immemorial. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. You know, I'm going to start forgetting my bits soon. Well, <laughs> oh, I guess they're not bits. Yeah. So uh, I'm very excited about how many comics. And I think comics are funnier now than ever. Oh, I, I've said this before in the '90s, but there's some great comics out there now. Do you think people have a chance to get better faster because you kind of learn what's hacky quicker and it's better, to, easier to find your voice, or is it still kind of the same process that it's always been? You know, I always think you know, um, a, whatever that French expression is the more things change the more things stay the same i think whenever you start <clears throat> comedy it uh it always seems like you have a particular opinion of like you know i started during the comedy boom so i got a lot of work yeah uh because there were all those clubs but a lot of those clubs are terrible so there's always positives and negatives to when you start i think one of the things that's true now that's good is you know the, the country is uh it, you know, except for Trump. I'm sorry, you remember when I saw, you know, I saw, you know, I, I have a CPAP machine now. What's that? You know, when you have sleep apnea? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have a memory, I was falling asleep during the day, and I, and I fell asleep on a couple of podcasts, and I think I was talking to you once, and I started to talk nonsense. I fell asleep. So, um, and now all of a sudden, I'm, uh, you can see, yeah, I've been stopping breathing 60 times a, an hour. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and that's not even a record. But that wasn't the What was the question you asked? What were we talking about? Oh, about is, is it easier for a comic to find their voice oh. now because, you know, you can yeah, see other comics? I think there's problem. It's like, I think you can find a voice because 
the field is so much open now. Like when I started, people could, you know, were afraid to say they were gay. And so I think things have changed for the better, except uh, as a, a president. So um, I think, but there's so many comics and there's so much saturation that I wouldn't say, oh, well, now you start today, just easy. Stick up your YouTube thing and you're, you know. I guess I'm trying to say is whenever you start, uh, there's always things going on. But I think comedy's got has gotten better and better. And do you think things like you know podcasting and YouTube and things like that have, have helped out too because people can kind of focus their talents in, in different directions? Or well, you know, let's say, take it from the very uh, just the uh, on the most basic level. When I was playing in the '90s, people couldn't go online and see who the comic was. So. Uh, they just didn't have, you know, so it was like, unless you knew who the comic was, you, uh, you had more homogenized crowds. So now I think like people can look online, see who the comic is. You're more liable at one of these chain clubs or wherever you are to get people who specifically want it to you. But it is a, it's a challenge. I mean, I thought I would be retired by now. <laughs> well, maybe I am. Uh, yeah, Possibly well, I am. Yeah, back then too. It's, it was really mostly the talk shows or the uh, HBO comedy specials. Is how we knew who comedians were. Yeah, I was reading. There's actually a great article about Bo Burnham and the New Yorker about how. Yeah. Because she started out as a YouTube presentation, and um, just about how it, you know whatever road you pick. Because I think it's very funny. Whatever road you pick, there's always problems. You know, like if you're a YouTube person, then people expect you to be a certain kind of YouTube. Thing. So there's no free lunch, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. And uh, speaking of our president, um, uh, I haven't noticed you commenting as much lately, although maybe it's just the Facebook algorithm has changed and I'm seeing just other stuff. So I, I think it's because I've been working on this transcript for this uh, show. But I, you know, you know, you know, it's like in general, I didn't realize until uh, I got into therapy about a year and a half ago, that uh, I had uh, uh, a... <laughs> see, this is a perfect example. <laughs> My mind goes blank every uh, five seconds. But uh, I don't know what we're talking about. About uh, d- the president and kind of you dialing back your social media commentary. Yes, because I realized, thank you, I realized I was addicted to uh, Twitter. So I was addicted to it, which means like I was spending too much time on it. And... Uh, and so, like in the old days, you'd be working on material. You know, there's way more ways to waste time. I can get, you know, and I'm getting better at not getting in arguments with robots and all that kind of thing sure. on, on Twitter. But that was a problem. So I'm much healthier than I was a couple of years ago when I was just um, frozen in a social media. I think it's, you know, they're going to look back on, on this time period and wonder how anybody survived. Because <laughs> people are texting they're uh, they're direct messaging me. Then people were WhatsApping me. It's just like too much. Yeah, it's but it's 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 hard not to in a way because I see a lot of people now. The big trend is oh, I'm getting off Facebook because uh, people are too political and they don't like you if you did, if you voted for Trump. And I'm like, well, rightly so. <laughs> if you if you can't yes. figure that out, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't be friends. <laughs> right. That seems to be like I mean. Uh, I don't know, like I haven't dealt in it yet 
with I talk about Trump a lot in in my well not so much I mean it depends on the night but you know you were so just destroyed about day in and day out I can't not put it in my act and then I just don't I don't expect to run into people who are Trump supporters and if I do I just don't really want to say anything to them I'm not trying to persuade them <laughs> you know yeah. I was uh, doing a uh, doing a gig the other day, I do a, a trivia gig, and I, the TV in the restaurant was up. It was on Fox News, and and the thing under Trump's picture just said uh, Trump holds rally, and I'm like, doesn't that look odd to anybody? <laughs> just yeah. those words, Trump holds <laughs> rally. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and they televise everyone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, from gate to gate. Yeah, and then the other things I see on Facebook is. Uh, yeah, Trump says this during rally and insults you know, these people. Oh, when he he when he got uh, insulted Elizabeth Warren, and my wife's friend posted yeah. about it, and I'm like, first of all, look at all the faces behind him in that picture. Do you, do you notice any similarities? Is there a common yeah, thread? All white. Exactly. Right. And secondly, yeah. they <laughs> love it. They love it. More, please. That's what they're thinking. Right. So, I, <laughs> you know, that's that's. I, I guess maybe. Who was your friend arguing? Oh no, she was supporting. She was saying this guy is terrible. No, no, yeah, she's right. Because oh, I see, I see no use in, you know, I really believe Russia stole the election, and Comey lost the election for Hillary by his ridiculousness. But yeah, you know, it's like the majority of these people in the country, the people in this country, just really do hate him. But um, it's like he really worked the system with the uh, Russian trolls and the whole thing. Oh, yeah. I realize now I was arguing with a lot of. Russian trolls before the election. Yeah, so you you got sucked in. No, because yeah, and like I, uh, Wikipedia blocked me, which is odd. And then I, some other person started to heck on me, and I and then it went back and forth three or four times, and I realized after the fifth time that the English was their second language, and then now I realized after the election, oh yeah, that's what they did. They 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 fomented trouble on you know Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, and nobody cares though. They're just like, yeah, well, <laughs> thank you, Russia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the thing that I, uh, it, it amazes me too is when they attack Comey. Now I'm like, you guys do remember the Friday before the election, right? <laughs> we you do remember? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> they just liars. Yeah. Unfortunately, we have only one party that is trying to do something. Okay, they're not perfect, but right, exactly. But this other part is just criminals. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know. These two things are not equal, and it's hard to get people to understand that. People love a good false equivalency in this country. Oh, there's two yeah, sides so to every you, story. Would you say Cincinnati buys into Trump's crap? Boy, it's hard to tell because, you know, there certainly is a pocket of, you know, people I hang around with that certainly don't. Um, but as a whole, right. I would say politically, yeah, because, you know, our, our representatives in, in Congress certainly – you know, they don't push back a whole bunch against him, although now they're kind of stuck with this whole free trade thing because traditionally they're all supposed to be all for free trade, and now it's like, well, now what do we do? Ohio has been a battleground since it was just, you know, I don't know, Kent State and before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, what else are you talking about on stage besides, you know, what's the uh, still personal stories, things, you know, from you, uh, observations, what other kind of things have been... Like it's interesting because um, I was doing this thing. I'm doing this set up in, uh, you know, uh, Montreal. So what I do for it is I um, 
And I've always done this. I've always kind of typed out a, a transcript for my act. So I submit the jokes that way. It's like a weird exercise I've done forever. It doesn't exactly work completely because if you're, um, you know, if not everything transfers from how you, like if you write out your jokes, it's an interesting thing to look at, but it doesn't necessarily follow that it's all going to, uh, you'll, uh, that the way a joke is written out is, is how it should be done. Oh yeah. Yeah. With, uh, yeah. So it's like, uh, but it's a good exercise, though. But I'm trying to clear. So I, I just, uh, I just, um, I'm trying to find out where that thing is. Similar TV. Let's see if that does it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, I'll give you some, a couple of current jokes. I'll try them out on you, see what you think. All right. Let's hear I, I just flew in from LA and boy, <laughs> am I tired of my material. <laughs> My arms are tired, too, but that's another story. <laughs> Don't go blue. That's what I'm going to say things every joke. Um, I continue to write jokes that are based on my self-deprecation. Sure. So I have a joke. Uh, I toured the country briefly as and, uh, anticlimactic. My, my tagline was, he had me until almost the end. <laughs> And and then uh, unfortunately, I have a million. I have a million of these Andy type puns because it's harder to not come with one. You know, you can put Andy for anything. So sure. Andy social, the <laughs> Andy Christ is one. <laughs> I swore as Andy defamation league, <laughs> and uh, Andy depressant. There you go. All right. Yeah. So um, I can't. I can't stop though. Compare. It is weird that when I look back at these sets I've done in Montreal since I'm going there next, uh, next uh, two weeks, I cannot believe how much I've referenced Hitler, compared people to Hitler, and how much it still delights me <laughs> to do that. I just, it's like, uh, uh, and uh, also just, I, 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 I hate to be like an I told you so guy, but I was one of the first people to just say Trump is Hitler. <laughs> it's so so obvious, you know. And they had those uh, those Nazis. Those Nazis were marching in uh, Charlottesville. Yeah, and and uh, Trump was going. Well, they have a permit, <laughs> and then uh, they were chanting, "The Jews will not replace us. The Jews will not replace us." Well, they will with that horrible chant. <laughs> so it's it's you know the thing is is like I can still do joke. I still write jokes about. Like kind of anything, sure. So I don't think I'll ever be like a comedian, comedian, uh, comedian's comedian. But I probably, you know, it's such a weird thing that this time of year I start to figure out who my targets are going to be, and uh, and uh, it is it is fun to get the slamming energy out. There you but go. But I'm also worried. I worry about burning bridges. Yeah, but I think people kind of understand by now. You know. Well, the targets don't, though. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how thin their skin is. That's yeah. That's true. well, but but everybody always says, "Hey, that's that's the first thing you got to realize if you're going to be in this business." That you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm glad you called it a business in relation to me. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> you know, it makes me feel like there's money. I've also been doing this whole thing, like when people give me the light. I've been saying like that. Oh, when I I love the idea of. 
I'm portraying myself as old. I mean, I love it, but it's also true, so I don't know how good that will continue. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I say, like, uh, when I started, when they gave me the signal to get off stage, it was a sh- real show. You know, these kids today, they wave a cell phone from 30 <laughs> feet away. You're supposed to know that means wrap it up. When I started, you, Mrs. O'Leary would stand in the back <laughs> of the barn with a kerosene lamp, <laughs> and you knew it was time to stop because there was actual fire. <laughs> and one night she, one night she fell asleep. Uh, Dane cooked it four hours. She fell asleep, kicked <laughs> over the kerosene can, and Chicago died. So that's the type of thing I think people always look forward to with me is going way, way back for an obscure reference. There you go. That they might not remember. <laughs> well, then, then they can feel, uh, and when, but when they do get it, they can feel like they've accomplished something. That's right. I'm go. also surprised that I still enjoy puns. Like I have a joke. Uh, I think I told you that one. I have sleep apnea, so I use a CPAP machine. Yes. I made the mistake though of using a CPAC, <laughs> CPAC machine, and it just made my breathing racist. <laughs> There you go. All right, yeah. man. Well, uh, speaking of getting rest and everything, I'll let you g- get prepped up for uh, Montreal here and, and Minneapolis. And uh, always good talking to you, man. Always good to get your insight on the state of comedy and all that. And, uh, you got it, man. I love talking to you. Great. When, I not have seen, when have I seen you? Uh, I don't know. We, we need to get you back to Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, that'll make that happen. Yeah, yeah, cool. cool we'll, brother. We'll, we'll talk to Mikey about that. I'll talk about that, too, and I hope you're well and and, Same. And things are good. And uh, my oldest, still enjoying you on Bob's Burgers. Told her I was talking to Mort today. She was very excited. So. Oh, uh, oh, that's really cool. Um, and uh, I hope I get more. Wait, didn't I do a thing for you once? Like, uh, I think you did. Yeah, yeah. It was for a birthday, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, right. Also, I have a th- I have my own podcast now. Yeah, that's right. And uh, what's the name Spiral. of it again? Spiral. Okay. Sounds and good. It's, uh, uh, Available. I'm not trying to compete with anybody. Oh, that's fine. I'm not. <laughs> no, just we find it all the usual places, I reckon. iTunes, Stitcher, all that. Cool. All right. Great, man. Cool, brother. Thanks. Okay. See you Thank soon. You so Thanks. Much. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Andy Kindler for being on the show. You can catch Andy July 17th to the 21st at Acme, and then I believe he goes to Just for Laughs in Montreal to, among other things, deliver the uh, state of the industry address. And even though people get a little worked by Andy, I think if you're smart, you know what time it is. And, and a lot of it is kind of a, it's gentle criticism. I guess he's kind of kidding on the square, as Al Franken used to like to say. Like he was, he is kidding, but there is some commentary, you know, behind it. There's some, there's a, there, there's, there is something to it that can, can be taken as, uh, you know, and, and, and used and learned from. So anyway, um, so thanks again to Andy. It's always fun to talk to Andy, one of the well, few folks that can always come back on the show and, and bring something new. Going to go to the song of the week. Song of the week is uh, a favorite of uh, my daughter, Lizzie. And you may remember back in the spring, we went on that big tour of all the places they filmed Stranger Things in Atlanta. And as it happened, Jewel Vera, the band, happened to be playing a concert. They were the opener, opener, opener. Of I don't even know who the band was. We saw Jewel Vera, we met Jewel Vera, and then we left. And uh, I mistakenly thought Jewel Vera was the gal singing in the group. She's not. She's not the lead singer. It's uh, it's one of those. It's like Marshall, the Marshall Tucker Band. Not the actual the name of the person. But anyway, uh, Jewel Vera has our song of the week. Uh, I think she's been. I tried it again. I think they've been 
the song of the week a couple of different times. Their album is Waiting on the Sun. It's their second album. came out last year, and uh, this is another great track from that album. This is Lifeline. It is our song of the week on PFT Recorder. So long, and thanks for listening. Don't want a map to tell me to land, no. I want to find it on my own. You think the truth's in the palm of your hand, but no, nothing's ever set in stone. No, I don't know.